uh, stole a little bit of my thunder, I was going to get up and say that uh, for those of you who were here on Christmas Eve, it was a dramatic night, and I'm a little daunted following uh, Father Andrew preaching because he apparently has the power to make women faint uh, with his sermons. I was going to suggest to Dr. Serridge that as a church building exercise we put on the sign in front, our rector's preaching makes women swoon. It really should draw in the crowds, but uh, anyway, it was a dramatic night, but thanks to all the great people and our wonderful uh, EMS personnel, Susan's fine, and uh, that's, that's a relief. So today is uh, often traditionally called Boxing Day, having nothing to do with fights or fisticuffs, but giving of gifts, and it's also the feast day of St. Stephen. Stephen has been a hero of mine since long before I ever had any thought at all of being called to uh, ordained clerical service as a deacon. Uh, Stephen's uh, quite a remarkable individual, and if, if you'll bear with us this morning, let's uh, turn to a reflection on him for a few minutes. So if you, if you want to follow along in one of the Pew Bibles, open it up to page 914. And on page 914, you find chapter 6 of Acts. And for those who've been coming to our Wednesday night Bible study, you might get some repetition with some of these thoughts today. But Stephen was one of the uh, seven men of good repute and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom who were appointed by the apostles to serve the church. So the apostles would be free to teach and preach, and Stephen and the other deacons would meet the material and, and physical needs of the congregation, especially the Greek-speaking Jewish members who felt they were being neglected in favor of the uh, Aramaic, Jerusalem-based Jews. And all seven of the men who were ordained as deacons that day uh, had Greek names. They were Greek speakers, apparently, which is interesting. And uh, chapter 6, verse 8 tells us Stephen was uh, full of grace and power and did great works among the people. So in addition to serving, ministering to people's material needs, he was a preacher, a teacher, and he was a young man. Very amazing example for me and for you. And so, of course, he was so effective and did such a good job and worked so hard that people, some people, hated him. Isn't it strange how sometimes when people are successful or do well or, or uh, are outstanding in some way, that provokes some resentment? Uh, and that certainly happened here. It says in verses 9 through 14, it talks about the diaspora Jews, the Jews from other parts of the world, resented what Stephen was doing, and they stirred up trouble against him and complained about him and went to the authorities and said, this man is teaching things that are not right. He's uh, criticizing the temple. He's telling us not to follow Moses, all of these uh, false charges. And it's interesting, these are the same charges that were brought against Jesus by the resentful crowds and the resentful 
Jewish authorities. So he was taken before the council, and it says in chapter 6, verse 15, that when they looked at him, he looked angelic. They could see the spirit, the power of him, and his nobility. And so when they brought him before this august body, the Holy Spirit inspired him. And it says, full of the Holy Spirit, he spoke to them. And beginning in chapter 7, verses 1 through 50, there's this long speech that Stephen gives. And it's, it's really quite amazing under that pressure in that, uh, you know, firestorm of abuse and criticism, he's able to recite the history of God's plan of salvation through the Jewish people. It's quite remarkable. And of course, we won't go through it all this morning, but if you read that, you can see that he invokes the promises to Abraham and how God sent prophets and God continually reached down to his people, even though they didn't love him or serve him as they should, even though we don't love him or serve him as we should. He's faithful and he sticks with us as his people. So he gives them that history and you can kind of picture them going along with that for a while, thinking, yep, that's, that's who we are. But then in verse 51, which is on page 916, he gives them, you might say, the punchline. He says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you harking back to that history of rejecting the prophets, killing the prophets. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one. He's referring to Jesus, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. So they said, you know, gosh, Stephen, you're right. Uh, We're really sorry. We're going to change our ways and repent. No, they didn't say that. They were enraged. They gnashed their teeth against him. Their fury and their hatred were kindled by his accusation, which of course was right, but they didn't want to hear it. So they dragged him out to be stoned to death And it says in verse 55, But he, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. Now remember, the Jewish authorities had no legal right to execute anybody. That's why they had to take Jesus to the Romans, but they were so infuriated, they forgot all the rules, they forgot everything else, they just couldn't wait to kill this angelic young man. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man, named Saul. 
Well, that's a very famous man we'll hear a lot more about, right? And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Does that remind you of our Lord Jesus himself? And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He died. So St. Stephen's Day today is a contrast to the happiness and the joy of Christmas Day. (coughs) And I'm sorry to take us back through something a little bit more negative, but it's not negative because it's really inspiring. Sometimes God calls us to speak up for him and even risk our personal comfort or well-being. Thanks be to God, none of us have yet been called to risk our lives for our faith. Don't think it might not happen someday. But have you ever been challenged to speak up for Christ in some other way or had an occasion to do so? Maybe, maybe you've had a time where you felt you didn't stand up for Christ the way you should have. I know I have. So it's particularly relevant today that we think of St. Stephen and remember what it can cost sometimes to stand up for Christ. Stephen, uh, there's a lot of interesting things we can remark about Stephen as we kind of wind this down. First of all, Jesus himself tells us that being a Christian in this world won't be easy. He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Those are hard words for us to follow. John Calvin said, a dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. So I I say that to myself. I'm silent too often and think about yourself and your experiences. So three things about Stephen to inspire us though. Number one, Stephen knew the scriptures well, and that's something we can do. We can know what's in the Bible. We can know what God has taught us and God says to us. When you read his speech in chapter seven, you can see it's full of biblical knowledge and illusions. Secondly, Stephen was prepared to be bold. He was ready to be bold. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. You always resist the Holy Spirit, he said. And scripture tells us he is empowered by the Holy Spirit. We can do that. And he could have been bitter, the third point. He could have been bitter against those who persecuted him, but he wasn't. Quite the opposite. He followed the way of his master, Jesus Christ, and forgave them. He was forgiving, and he didn't hold their sin against them. So we also have the example of Saul, who became St. Paul, the great evangelist to the Gentiles, who observed this, approved of it, but you wonder what impact it might have had on him as he thought about that and reflected on it. So we don't know who will be touched by what we say or we do to represent Christ. 
Paul said, we're all ambassadors for Jesus Christ. God speaking, as it were, through us. So to accomplish anything for the kingdom of God, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, like Stephen was. We have to be prepared, and we have to ask God to give us his Holy Spirit to enable us to stand up for him. So let's pray. Father, deliver us from the trial, the temptations of the evil one, and hedge around us with your protection. But if it be your will to give us opportunities to speak up for Christ, may we be equipped to do so, bold and filled with the Holy Spirit, like Stephen. Amen.